What is up, everybody? This is the Whiskey Sessions podcast. Thank you for tuning in. I'm A Metz with B Pimp. That's right. That is right. And uh, yeah, thanks for tuning in. If you caught us on iTunes, go ahead and give us a good review. And you can check out our new Twitter feed that we've been talking up at Whiskey Sessions. We somehow scored that handle. I don't know how we did that. But yeah, our whiskey today is the Isle of Jura. Superstition. Yes. It's a subtly sweet yet smoky scotch whiskey. Uh, It's 43% alcohol by volume. Interesting fact. (laughs) It is from Scotland. But guess where it is imported into the United States? Seattle. No. Think of the very opposite part of the country. (laughs) New York City. No, further south. Miami, Florida. Yes. Oh! North Miami, Florida, which I guess is its own town. Government warnings. According to the Surgeon General, women should not drink alcoholic beverages during pregnancy because of the risk of birth defects. Well... Did you know about this? I think that's a controversial. We've talked about it. I've at least talked about it with Maggie, is if she were, God forbid, to ever get pregnant, (laughs) how... The biggest thing I think that a lot of people worry about is how do you hide your pregnancy before you're ready to announce it, uh-huh. especially when you go out drinking with friends or family, Yeah, is what tactics can you take to you can somehow all... not drink, really? And oh, right. I thought you were saying, how know. do you drink without people judging you? Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, that that's another way to do it. <laughs> I was going to say, you could just always be carrying around like a turkey leg and just act like you're putting on a lot of weight. Exactly. <laughs> but yeah, so... Uh, you just have to... You, you, I think you could do that pretty easily. You just say you're not in the mood if somebody asks you why you're not drinking. You know? Right. I'm good. I'm drinking 50-50. <laughs> but if they've, you know, hypothetically, usually been in the mood... Yeah. Then, I don't know. I think... If it's enough time goes by that you're going to be, you're not going to be able to do anything about it. Yeah. Early on, I think you can get away with it. I, you just have to hide for like two or three months. Yeah. Oh, well. Hey, not a problem our gender has, huh? <laughs> Cheers to that. <laughs> I'm going to try this whiskey here. I don't think I've ever had this before. Where did you get this from? It was a gift from Tia. My fr- our, f- our friend Justin's sister. Oh, yeah. For Christmas last year, I believe. No, my birthday. Oh, nice. Yeah. And she got me, like, two bottles. And, other, like, a lot of people got me some. So I've had, I have a decent amount of it still huh. kicking around. But it's really good. Yeah, we're uh, kind of nearing the end of this bottle here. I like it. Mm-hmm. It's got... I can tell that it's it doesn't... It's not too strong. It's got, like, some kind of... Bite. I'm trying to figure out what that after is. It's smoky. Yeah, it's a little bit smoky. How do you it's, think it compares to some of the other whiskeys we've had? It's more of the traditional scotch whiskey, I think. Yeah. It's even more, it's like, I think general. I don't know too much about like, the, I didn't read a lot of reviews of this. I heard it has a good reputation, but um, <clears throat> it, I think it's more of, it's more in that traditional scotch ball, you know, ballpark than the other ones we've tried. Yeah. No, I, I enjoy this, though. It makes me think... So, you know, I will say, like, when you're going out to the bar, and say you're with your pregnant wife and she's not drinking, but what... So what would you say if no one is paying attention and 
you just want to drink what you want to drink, but maybe what you want to drink, people would judge you for. Okay. What's your favorite, I guess, guilty pleasure drink? Probably a white Russian. All right. I could see that. I'm a big fan of Stiegel Rattlers. I don't ah. know if that counts as a guilty pleasure, but... I mean, well, the, some people are judgmental about if you drink like a lower alcohol content beer. Yeah, and that is super low alcohol, which I think is sometimes nice. Um, my problem with Stiegel Rattlers, though, and I don't know if anybody else has found this to be the case, I can only drink about, I think, two of them before whatever the grapefruit that's in them starts to give me like an odd throat reaction. Oh, okay. I was thinking like you were going to say like a headache. Probably that too, but it's uh, it's almost like I'm slightly allergic to grapefruit, but not very allergic. Lisa does not believe me, but I'm slightly allergic to chocolate oh. because when I eat like a chocolate bar, I'll mm-hmm. sneeze, and Interesting. it's it's related. And I looked it up, and b- despite the fact that Lisa can hear this, and she's probably shaking her head right now, uh-huh. it's true. Like if you have a slight reaction to something, it's not enough to like cause you to break out in hives or whatever. Yeah. I think it could be. Like, you just have, like, a small allergic reaction to it. So what would... Would it be the cocoa itself in chocolate? Or I think what so. Is it? I think that's what it is. Because if I have dark chocolate, it's more pronounced. Isn't that less... That's less mixed with... I think you're right. Like, milk yeah. or whatever else they mix. I don't know how they make chocolate. <laughs> Who knows? They just put it in It's a, magic. It's <laughs> magic, yeah. I'm allergic to the magic. Yeah. <laughs> well, and I think... Like, yeah, kind of like Stiegel Radler. Um, I mean, I don't mind getting, like, a cocktail uh, from time to time. If that's, like, a place that we're going to that's, like, known for that. I don't know what my favorite mixers are exactly. As far as, like, what what to mix the liquor with? Yeah. I think there's a lot of different soft drinks that mix well with different types of whis- or types of liquor. So, like, if you're drinking rum... I think you can mix it with, like, Dr. Pepper or root beer. Or if you're drinking whiskey, you mix it with Coke. Yeah. I think those, I think soft drinks are pretty versatile with that. There's also, like, lemonade you can mix with drinks, iced tea. Lemonade. I think a vodka lemonade. I haven't had that really in a long time, and it makes me want to try it again. It's good. Yeah. It's also good to get, like, instead of a screwdriver with just orange juice, you can get vodka and do, like, a... You know, like, Dole makes those mixed uh, fruit... Like, you know, it'll be like orange, strawberry, banana, or whatever. Uh-huh. You could just mix those kind of things with it. Yeah, I, uh, I don't know about the orange, strawberry, banana. I will, Maggie likes those juices that I are, do. like, a huge combo of I a like bunch it. of different things. I don't know. If I want orange juice, they just want orange juice. Well, yeah, but that's, you but know. mixing banana in there, come on. Yeah! No, I don't know. That's why, but that's, what's your favorite Laffy Taffy? Ooh, man. It's not banana? <laughs> no. What about It's runs? definitely not. You, well, you're talking best. about two different candies I haven't had in 20 years. Oh, okay. But, like, I'm sure it's not banana of either one of them. Puh! <laughs> I mean, what is in the banana flavored? Because it's... How do you even artificially do banana? Because I don't feel like they taste like bananas. I mean, I eat bananas. No, they taste like banana. Like, the sweetest, weirdest banana you've ever had. Yeah. I don't know if that counts. And the runs look like a banana. Yeah. So, what are you... I mean, come on. It makes me think, though, that we should do some songs that are, like, what is, you know, we have Ruffles, and we like food products. Yeah. 
What would our next food product based song be? Um, oatmeal cream pie. <laughs> that came so quick. <laughs> I don't even know what oatmeal cream pie is. You don't? No. You've never had one of those? Is it a pie? It's the it's a little I think it's little Debbie makes them. They're like a you know like uh, the wrapper. Yeah. <laughs> oh, she already covered it. Damn it. <laughs> no, the it's like you know the aisle at the grocery store where it's got all the like cupcakes and Twinkies and all that shit. Like the worst <laughs> aisle yeah, for you. Ever. Exactly. <laughs> they have oatmeal cream pies, and plus they, the only time I don't eat them anymore. But in high school, they used to sell them. Are they like what? It's two. It looks like two. It's basically two oatmeal. Like, it's not a cookie, it's softer than a cookie, uh-huh. but it looks like oatmeal cookies, and they're, re- they're about that big. Okay. And there's two of them, and the middle is like a cream, like a white cream that looks, it's almost like the cream that's in Twinkies. And they're called oatmeal cream pies? Oatmeal cream pie. I cannot believe you've never heard of oatmeal cream pies. No. Huh. I mean, I don't recommend eating them, but just the fact that you don't even know what it is is amazing. I, I, I can't even picture it, and I... I must have seen it. Yeah, I'm sure you've seen them. You just had the sense to not buy them. I think is what we're what we're finding yeah. out here. So, um, you know, hit us up at our Twitter feed and let us know what you think of oatmeal cream pies and what our next song should be about. Right, because I mean, if you haven't heard any of our music yet and you just heard the podcast, yeah, that's great. Thank you for listening to the podcast. But you should check out our EP. Yeah, I think it's pretty solid. Because I mean, it's solid, but it's also. I mean, the songs are supposed to be, like, fun. We don't take ourselves too seriously. No. We put out a rap EP that is a little jokey, but not to the point where it's supposed to be, like... Not to the point where it's not... We're not trying to make, like, good music. Right. Hopefully you enjoy the songs. And I think that's kind of the topic we wanted to talk about today is... You know, what songs do you enjoy? What are your favorite guilty pleasure songs we're gonna so, i think we're gonna focus on bands and bands but but same you know, idea yes i mean for me when i was putting together like a list for this it was you know i was thinking of the songs first and of the bands that were associated with it right but uh yes yeah, so oh go ahead i might have a tendency to be one hit wonders sometimes i don't know if mine are necessarily but i feel like that's sometimes yeah. what people because i could have put like vanilla ice on there by ice baby but right I could see that. So, our top five list is favorite guilty pleasure bands. Mm-hmm. And so, if you have any that you'd like to add, go ahead and check, uh, you know, email us at whiskey sessions for music at gmail.com or hit up our Twitter feed at whiskey sessions and let us know your favorite guilty pleasure bands. But yeah, that's the top five we're doing. So, why don't we get into it? This is. The top five. More than four, less than six. It's the top five. Okay, so I'll start it off this week. Uh, I have my number five for this list, which would be George Michael. George Michael? Yeah. Ooh, um, I didn't even think about that. I'm a fan of George Michael. I like his singing style. I think his, as an entertainer, he's very underrated. Mm-hmm. Maybe not underrated. He's had a pretty long and pretty good career, I would say, but like... People make fun, like, I would expect people to make fun of me for saying that. Right. Which, I don't know if that necessarily should be the case. Like, I think he had a certain image, like, in the mid-80s with Wham, where it was, like, very, probably easy to make fun of it now if you look at a video or something, because they Mm -hmm. had, like, that new romantic look. But, 
there he put out a lot of hit songs that are like really catchy and he's got a good well I style mean, what do you think of anybody that's had like a lot of hit songs that maybe some people would you know say is like laughable now but they were liked oh yeah huge yeah big time big time i like the wham i i do have a tendency to like wham also more than necessarily his solo stuff because they had like the basically it was him singing and then the other dude from wham would just do like the high harmonies yeah it seemed like <laughs> kind of wham took itself a little less seriously than george michael himself. yeah right exactly yeah uh my number five is and i realized making this list that it's um mostly current artists uh slash artists of you know within the last generation so i don't go too far back but my number five is ellie golding mostly based on the song lights which i think is great do you like the bass nectar remix I don't know that I've even heard that. It's like just a really bass-heavy version of it. It's oh, good. It's okay. really good, though. <laughs> but like, there's something about that song and just like... All of her other songs, I mean, some are okay, but... Starry-Eyed? Uh, I don't even know that one. But yeah, there's something about... She... I get, well, I mean, she's crossed over on the American market big time. Mm-hmm. But there's something about like kind of like British pop stars sort of like her... Between like her and Larue, and would you consider like Lily Allen maybe in that same kind of? She's more of like a she's more of like a sarcastic, yeah, kind of. But no, I, I like the, a lot of those artists. They just like they are like focusing on the hook of the song, mm-hmm. and yeah, there's some good songs in there. I'm a big fan of Ellie Goulding, so. I completely understand. Um, number four, I'm going to go with Scorpions. And I'm putting Scorpions number four because I'm almost upset with myself for including them on this. Okay. <laughs> but I do think that they are technically a guilty pleasure for me because they are mostly well known for like their pop ballads that they mm-hmm. put out in like the 90s um, or late 80s. They, I think their song, one of their songs was like the song... When the Berlin Wall came down. Mm. Like, they were the big... You know, they became huge from that. Um, but they are... Like, from the early 70s to the late 80s, they put out all this really good hard rock. That is some of my favorite. Their guitarist is, like, one of the best. I don't think I realized they were been around in the 70s. Oh, yeah. They've been around <laughs> for a long time. And I love them. Um... I, I think they're great, but I think it's one of those bands where, like, when people hear it, they associate it with both, like, being really super popular and maybe, like, the songs they heard are kind of cheesy. And yeah. then also they were, like, included on a lot of those compilation, you know, albums that would come out, like, now that's what I call music. They weren't <laughs> on that because it was more newer music, but, like, those kind of things. The precursor. Yeah, like, the big hair rock yeah. metal albums. If you watched... They don't have as many of these as I feel like they used to have, but just like super late night infomercials of just these collections yeah. of your favorite. Oh, like, those 80s. are great. Like, <laughs> they would have like, like the weirdest. Don't you remember this classic? And I'd be like, kind of. <laughs> <laughs> and they would have weird like ex-celebrities hosting it. Yeah. Yeah, those are great. 
finally, all your favorite hits are in a 16 CD collection <laughs> of 28 hours of music. <laughs> you need to buy like a bigger CD changer yeah. <laughs> like, um... to listen to all this. If you can get it for like, believe it or not, it's not two hundred and fifty dollars. <laughs> it's one eighty nine ninety nine. It's fourteen easy payments of yeah. thirty dollars. All right, my number four is the gym class heroes, who I don't listen to anymore. But there was I. That's a great way to start. <laughs> yeah. Just so you know, don't listen to it. <laughs> don't listen to it anymore. But the, the funny thing, whoops, about the gym class heroes were I think they've had essentially two singles. Maybe they had another one. But they were is one of them something like girlfriend? Yeah. They have girlfriend and then we have to take our clothes off. I don't think I heard that one. But both of them, even though I, I hardly think any of their other songs are this way, both of them are covers. Mm-hmm. So really they only had singles based on their interpretation of covers. Which right. Which yeah. I mean, if you're a band making almost entirely original music, but those are the only ones that are hitting, you're that's right. probably not a great sign. Yeah. But I actually did like some of their songs. I thought their their albums were like actually kind of themed. Um, at least one of them was like actually based on kind of like a school day. Okay. And. But yeah, in retrospect, listening to it now, the main rapper is not good at rapping. Um, and I know this <laughs> for a fact, because on one of the songs is featuring Busta Rhymes. And I don't remember exactly what this song was. I think it's something like, put your middle fingers up, or something like that. Oh, nice. So it's got the main rapper, Travi, I think, and Busta Rhymes. Travi does the first verse, it's fine. Busta does the second verse. It's really great. I mean, Busta Rhymes is a good rapper. Busta Rhymes is amazing. But then the main rapper, Travi, makes this horrible mistake of coming in with the third verse directly after Busta Rhymes' verse, and the first thing you realize is like, ooh, you are not good. <laughs> you should not have directly followed up Busta Rhymes. You should have just let him rap <laughs> Let song. the song end after <laughs> yeah. that. Yeah. That's so bad. that's how I do it. Like, oh, they're not good. Yeah. Oh, well. Buster ruined them. Yeah. <laughs> my number three. My number three. Um, I'm going to go with Cocteau Twins. I don't know anything about Cocteau Twins. Cocteau Twins are uh, kind of a... It's hard to describe. They're like a British pop duo, technically, from the 80s and early 90s. Mm-hmm. And they were very strange. Like... Their songs, she doesn't, there's a female singer, she does not sing in English. She doesn't yeah. sing in a language. At all? She's, no, she sings in just made up sounds. It's not Elvish from like the <laughs> no, 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 it's not. She sings in, if you listen to a song, it sounds like she's singing in English, but you just don't know any of the words she's using. But she just made up the language, basically. Huh. It's really, I love it, but it's like... I it's, like that idea. Yeah, it's really cool, and her voice is really good, and the music is kind of like, you know, like the shoegazer movement uh-huh. in Britain? Um, it was kind of like related to that, but it was more, it was more almost like experimental, I would say, huh. kind of music. And the only reason I put them on this list is because 
I love them. Like, I think they're great, and I'll listen to it all the time. But it's one of those things, like, if I play it for someone, they're just like, what is this? Like, they just make fun of you immediately because they, it's so weird. Yeah. So I, I felt like it fit. Then that here. counts. Yeah. yeah. But, like, the song, if anyone's interested, go look up a song called Pearly Dewdrops Do- Do- Drop. And the whole thing is... Pearly Dewdrops Drop. Yeah. The whole thing is just her singing in this weird... <laughs> style language but the music is really cool it's like haunting almost and like it's good i like huh. it check it out and then make fun of me tweet us yeah there you go at whiskey sessions brian you're an idiot <laughs> he already wrote the tweet for you <laughs> yeah just send it <laughs> all right my number three and i think this is probably actually i have some embarrassing things on my list but this one i will say is like genuinely embarrassing <laughs> the fray oh uh... i don't know so See, I didn't know that was going to be on your list, and I'm not... I understand. I think... Okay, part of the reason is... And I know a lot of people now just think of the fray as just being that good. Mm-hmm. But the, I, th- I don't know if it was their first album, but their first album that made it big, I guess. I did... I There was like a brief like period of about a month where I listened to it like all the time. And I kind of... I leaned toward piano based pop yeah and he's a good piano player Mm -hmm. pretty good at least i'm not really sure but like yeah i kind of appreciated that he was doing lead vocals while playing piano Mm -hmm. the the lead guy of the fray although i had heard a rumor i don't know how true this is but that he fired his own brother from the band who was a drummer really and they got like a better drummer and then they made it big. Oh, man. Yeah, so, I don't know. He might be a pretty big dick. But That's like, like the opposite of what Bruno Mars did. He brought his brother in as the drummer after they were big. Really? Yeah. Not good for Bruno. Yeah. His brother He's, was a cop. I think I'd have Bruno Mars on this list, but I'm not embarrassed by it. Uh, yeah. I don't really like him, so I didn't really think yeah. he He's alright. That's, not, that's also, not what we're talking about. But, uh, yeah. I, I mean, the fray... Is it How to Save a Life was one of their big How to Save a Life. I mean, you start to realize that all their songs are almost identical to each other. Yeah. And that's where they start to lose it. Isn't there some sentiment that they're Coldplay-related? or related? Yeah, I could see them being kind of Coldplay-ish. I think it's different, like, from what I've heard of them, it's different. But I feel like I've heard people compare them. Yeah, I could see that. Uh, I think they're American. Yeah, they are. Um, but yeah, the fray. I haven't listened probably in about eight or nine years. Okay. But I think whenever their album came out, maybe like 2005 or six or something. Yeah. Um, I did listen to it quite a bit. When that came out, I was working at the Charter One Pavilion on Northern Early Island as Mm. a beer concessions, beer pourer. And they were there and they played on the main stage right next to where I was working and at no point during it did I say, this is terrible, I want to leave. So, yeah. I mean, that's a positive I can give them. And I'll say <sighs> this. not This isn't really giving them any kind of credit, but giving a piano player any kind of credit. I So, piano is my first instrument, and I'm definitely better at it than I am at guitar. But I still find it very difficult to play piano and... Think about playing piano and sing into a microphone and kind of try to be a lead man in that respect. It, I, 
Yeah, I'm sure that it's harder to lead from piano than it is from guitar. Even though I'm much worse at guitar, it's way more comfortable to try to sing and have any kind of stage presence than with piano. If you'd like sure. to hear both Andy play both piano and guitar, you should check out his album Delusions. Yes. By the way. Although I'm playing keyboard on that. Well, I gotta get some real piano on the next one. Yeah, that's true, but still you can hear the, the sense of it. I'm trying to think if I play any piano on whiskey sessions. Yeah, no, I do. So check it out for that too. Check it out for all the things. For all everything. Mm-hmm. Alright, so I'm number two now. Yes. Number two for me, I'm gonna go with Pentatonics. Oh. Do you know who Pentatonics is? I do. Because you that know acapella who loves them? Maggie's dad. Really? Yeah. Yes, go Maggie's dad. Yeah. What's his name? Uh, Rick. Rick, that's right. Go Rick. Yeah. Um, no, I like them. I'm a big fan of acapella. That's, I mean, mm-hmm. I could have just said acapella as, yeah. like, number two, but... But Pentatonics is the only acapella group anybody's ever heard of at this point. I mean, other than Straight No Chaser, or some of the college ones that became more popular, I guess. Or, um, Rockapella. Rockapella. in the world is currently. <laughs> yeah, Rockapella. Never mind. There are two acapella groups yeah. you should know. And there's acapella another one. Acapella and Pentatonics. No, there's one. It's called, like, oh, it's got a nut. Take Five, or, no, not Take Five. There was some group that, when I was younger, that was popular, that was, like, a... Soul acapella group, and I'm not thinking of the name right now. But. Huh. Acapella is cool. I mean, well, Maggie's mom actually, she always sends me because I do like acoustic versions of the song Hallelujah. Uh huh. Which, I mean, everybody does a version of that song. I like your version though. Thanks, but she she likes it when I perform it. So, she yeah, she definitely likes that song. And now she'll like email me or like Facebook message me any version of Hallelujah <laughs> that's ever come out. And she just sent me a Pentatonics one. Oh, they did one? They did. Oh, it's okay. It's good. Nice. Yeah. Did she send you the Kate McKinnon Saturday Night Live one? No, what she just didn't. I, probably because she's uh, kind of Republican. Oh, so she wasn't. She was. I don't think not, she voted for Trump. She though. was probably not digging that as much. <laughs> Maybe not. I don't know. I don't think she is on Saturday Night Live. Oh, okay. A little um, late in the night. Yeah, that's true. Um, but yeah, I like acapella. I think they are an interesting group. Like, I mean, I understand why it doesn't appeal to everybody because, like, it, the main like Pentatonics is popular. They're all very good at what they do. Like, mm-hmm. they've got the two guys who do the bass and the sound effects that are just like ridiculous like you yeah. you watch it it's like it's just impressive from like a musical standpoint but mm-hmm. there's i mean there's a definite element of like cheesiness to it where yeah. like the types of songs they cover it's because of what they're they're trying to be appealing to the most broad audience they can i can't fault them for that but you know it's just like i think that's where it comes in because normally the bands i normally listen to and what i've listened to my whole life it's it's more of like the kind of music that the nerds will will also like you know like mm-hmm. music nerds They'll be like, yeah, that's great. But the, some of the stuff on this list, the, one of the things I put, or one of the criteria I used to just discern if it belongs is like, would someone make fun of me for that? Yes. And I think that that is a fair thing to say about my acapella. No, that's uh, that's a key part of this category. Yeah. And yeah, there are some people that'll be pentatonics, huh? Yeah, really? Okay. Were they on? They're on the, they were on. They were on the sing-off, sing-off right? right? Yeah. Which was an awesome show. With Ben Folds. Yeah. And, uh. What's his name from Boys to Men? Oh, yeah. Sean Stockman. Yeah. And then they had also, like, Jewel at one point and Sarah Bareilles. I, are they still the doing that show? No. 
Uh, it's a, I like that show. Yeah. They had a few good... There was a group called Committed, too, that was also really good. I remember kind of watching that part of that, at least. Yeah, I liked yeah, it. Pentatox Tonics really, like, legit emerged from that. Yeah. They did a version of uh, Dog Days Are Over. Oh. Florence and the Machine. That got, like, really popular yeah. online when they were on the show. And then I think that helped them... Because they sold a lot of records. It seems like it. They're a lot. Like, their presence is all over the place. Yeah. They're the kind of like band that you would also see. I don't know if this makes them a guilty pleasure, but like they're also the kind of band that you would see them like front and center their CD at like a Walmart. Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> they got to be loaded now. I think so. Good for them. Yeah. I bet Ben Folds is getting some of that money. <laughs> but he's found a way. <laughs> uh, my number two is Go Team. Oh. Who is the the British, I think. And I'm surprised you're including them on in this. I'm including they they might be a little too obscure. Well, I have Cocteau twins on my <laughs> <laughs> But I think the funny thing about Go Team is it's just like British rap but like cheerleader mm-hmm. sort of like chant. It's awesome if you ask me it kind of is awesome i think it's really great. but it's like but it is kind of like one of those things you put on and somebody's like what is this yeah i have a lot of that yeah like, <laughs> isn't it go team like go exclamation point team? go exclamation point team yeah so if you haven't ever checked it out and you want some like high energy like, oh yeah music to kick it to it works it sounds like almost like it could be the theme music to like video games too oh yeah no that's great so that's uh that's my number two well and also it was actually, like, a former co-worker that, like, was playing them in the office. I was like, yeah, I'm going to do some work today. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Maybe that was why, like, he played it. Because he was like, you're not doing any work. You need something to get pumped up. <laughs> you need to get pumped up with goatee. Yeah. My number one is Dance Gavin Dance. Are you familiar with that? No. One? Okay. Dance Gavin Dance? Dance Gavin Dance. Okay. It is a... They're, like hardcore but all like it's like screamo maybe the right term for it maybe. where it's like it's like heavy uh-huh. there's like intricate guitar to it but the singing they've got like one guy who does a growl and one guy who does clean vocals and it's very uh emo-y it's okay. like they would be at like warp tour warp tour i believe this is probably the best way to describe it huh. um and they're very um, i think there's a big contingent of people that really like them and i think they're well respected like in that genre yeah. For putting out good music. And I thought this the one album that I really like is called Downtown Battle Mountain that <laughs> they put out. And I think if you listen to it, like and depending on what your state of mind is or depending on what your how open your mind is to like different kinds of music, I think I could see some people immediately going, Yeah, this is pretty cool. Cause it's like there's lots of guitar solos fast. Um mm-hmm. the guy's voice who does the growl is very both of them are, you can decipher what they're saying. They've got, like, funny lyrics and song titles. And this the clean vocal guy is, like, his voice is really good. But it's just, it's just, the reason I put it number one is, like, I told my sister that I liked this album. And she was making fun of me so, so hard. Because I guess it has this, and it's not about, like, calling her out. I'm, I understand why. Because it's got this connotation, if you're not a fan of that type of music, of being, like, laughable. Yeah. It's like it's almost like mallcore. Okay. You know what I mean? But that I mean, so that's why immediately when we came up with this topic, I was like, Oh, I gotta put dance Kevin dance on here. <laughs> and I think 
there's going to be people that listen to this, hopefully, that both like it and understand where I'm coming from, but right. I enjoy it, so don't get mad at me. No, of course not. <laughs> My number one is, and I'll admit this is kind of just based on one song. But it's my favorite Guilty Pleasure song of all time, so I just think it would be a mistake not to have them as my favorite Guilty Pleasure group. But it's Lil Trim. We watched this, full disclosure, we watched this right before right. recording. So. Well, and because I needed B-Pimp to know exactly what I was talking it's about. It's great. And so if you're not familiar with the song Cars That Go Boom, <laughs> uh, Lil Trim, I'm not even sure I always say it right, it might be more like El Trim. But, yeah, um, isn't it like L and then apostrophe? It's L apostrophe trim. Okay. Uh, trim? But more importantly, it's the, the components that make up L trim, which is Tigra and Bunny. <laughs> and you need to know that they like the boom. They like the boom. And they're this Miami-based... Uh, th- I'm pretty sure they're Miami-based. Uh, like, And they were in Miami Sound Machine before this, right? Yeah, hip-hop duo. I think... I'm not going to get the year exactly that the song came out. My guess would be 88, 89, something like that. And uh, it's the most, like, ridiculous, like, but fun hip-hop song. And I've probably listened to it a hundred times. Hey. So it's hard to not put it number one. I love that video. Um, the video is great. The quality of it looks like it was from like oh oh yeah. BET Uncut or something. Which <laughs> well, whatever, made it so great. For whatever reason, like the first video version of it that came up on YouTube was just like this guy recording it from his TV. Yeah, and it, yeah. that made it even better. Yeah, because I used a... to stay up and watch BET Uncut, <laughs> and that's exactly what it reminded me of. Except it wasn't as awful or filthy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have uh, any honorable mentions that you like? Definitely, definitely. One of them is um, In Sync. All right. Which I didn't put it on the main list because I think they're too good to be on the list. It's hard to figure out like who exactly qualifies as guilty pleasure or not. Yeah, I think I I can't even use that criteria because like I like everything I have on here, so it's not like I'm yeah. saying anything's bad. Well, but right, think... and it's like you like, but but you know, if you were in high school or something and right. you told your friends. Man, I really like In Sync. Yeah. Then they would be like, uh. But now we can openly say that. Everybody right. knows that it's great. I used to go steal my sister's In Sync and Backstreet Boys CDs, like surreptitiously, so that she, nobody knew I was listening to it. When yeah. I was like, I don't know, when I'm like 12, because that's when it was really <laughs> popular. But I was like, oh yeah, this is good. And I, when I was little, I liked New Kids on the Block, too. So it's, I yeah. mean, come on. You just have to be, you just have to accept the boy bands. Right. For what they are. But even I won't endorse, um, what was the one that sang Abercrombie and Fitch? LFO. Oh. Even I can't go that far. That's bad. Well, you know what pissed me off? I don't, is it the same song? But I remember there was one lyric I found like offensive in that. It was like, something, something, Chinese food makes me sick. Oh, yeah. Screw you if Chinese food makes you sick. What's yeah. wrong with you? What was the context of that? Because I don't yeah. know why they said that. I love Chinese food. I think they're just... They're just idiots. Jerks. Yeah. Sorry, LFO. What else do you got on your list? Um, another like heavier band. It's called Sabotage. The reason I put them on here as an honorable mention, they're really good. Like from a heavy metal standpoint, like they have all the people in the band are good at their instruments. They put together good song compositions. It's really fast. It's entertaining. It's like the epitome of '80s like speed metal, I would say. Uh-huh. But like they're just really over the top. So they've got like one of the songs they're most well known for is Hall of the Mountain King. And it's like the singer's voice is just insane. Like it's just 
high pitched, <laughs> like crazy, uh, and their lyrics are, gr- are are amazing, but they're just cheesy and like it's very operatic the delivery. Yeah. So it's one of those bands that like all my friends that are into heavy metal love them, but mm-hmm. anybody else that hears it, they're just immediately laughing at you for listening yeah. to it. So that's what there are times though I wish like like my voice, my singing voice is pretty low. Man, to be able to like sing with that kind of pitch, I'll like never get there. But it's That's great. It'd be cool to have that ability. That's why I'm jealous of uh, Phil Anselmo from Pantera because he did both. Like, yeah, his, his early on when they were a hair metal band, he was singing like everything high pitched, and then when they became like you know Cowboys from Hell, it was like deep. Yeah, but it's yeah, and a lot of times like with like Hero Monster Zero, my old band, like they'd always want to do like a darkness song. I was like, guys. <laughs> You can't do that? I can't do darkness. <laughs> <laughs> the darkness would have been a good entry for this yeah. list as well. But, yeah. I'm sorry, that's that's an octave and a half higher than I can go. That guy's there. voice is crazy. Yeah. Any other? Do you have any other? Animal yeah, mentions? I got a few. I mean, like, a few female singers. Lana Del Rey. Mm. I kind of always joke with Maggie saying, like, It's you. It's you. <laughs> it's all for you. Everything I do, the video game song. I don't actually know all the lyrics beyond that spot. You just need to know and play your video, video games. games. And summertime sadness. She's real emo. Um, <laughs> Katy Perry, the occasional song. Most of them are pretty bad, but I do like the E.T. song. Yeah, that's good. Uh, Pentatonics did that. <laughs> I kind of liked Roar, although that was sort of a I don't know that one as much. Uh, What's the one she did with the crazy sharks at halftime of? Oh, Super Bowl? I don't remember what she was singing at that point. The, the weird shark dance. That, I'll say this, okay. Katy Perry doesn't have like the best voice, and she's not like much of a dancer either. No, but her halftime show wasn't that bad. No, I, I found it enjoyable. It was entertaining, and people were like talking about it, especially with the sharks. The sharks were being great. <laughs> For it some seemed like they put that together with the aid of some kind of hallucinogen. Yeah. <laughs> but that worked. Yeah. It was entertaining. That's all I want. I don't care if it's... Yeah, it doesn't have to be the best. No. Yeah. Uh, I put Rex and Effects up there solely for Rump Shaker. <laughs> which is the greatest Jock Jam of all time. <laughs> like, every jams. time... Well, every time I hear Rump Shaker, I think of a... Like early to mid '90s dunk highlight video yeah. with like Sean Kemp and Larry Johnson. Oh yeah, and Derek Coleman, Larry Nance. Yeah, all these sweet like, and it's going to all the one do do. That's a great one. And that was that song is good enough where I had to hear it at my wedding. I actually told the DJ like this is on the list. <laughs> yeah. that, if that doesn't tell you how highly you hold it, I don't know what else would. Uh, kind of in similar veins as each other. Uh, I put the Ting Tings on there, and Matt and Kim. Oh, okay. Uh, and they kind of are like, just like sort of goofy, not necessarily like. I would say Matt and Kim. Matt and Kim's a funny group. They're not talented, really. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure. <laughs> Sometimes I wonder if they weren't from New York, if they possibly ever would have made it. I don't think so. But it's they a good have social some, like, experiment if we could yeah. <laughs> try it out somehow. Catchy songs in there. And I don't know if this counts, but for new pop, I like The Weeknd a lot. Oh yeah, I do too. So I, I'm actually not that embarrassed of that. Although I wonder if I was like younger if I would have been. But, yep, so those are my honorable mentions. I have one more I want to mention, which is more of like a genre. Mm-hmm. 
Um, but I am a really big fan of uh, black metal, which is mostly Norwegian bands. Um, there's they kind of spread everywhere, but it, that's where it started. And like they're known for striving for not very good musicianship. Okay. Not very good sound quality on the recordings. Like that's part of what they're trying to do is make it sound as unrefined as possible. Okay. Basically. And that's just supposed to be like It's like about the it started as a movement of a social movement and it was more like they were finding places to record like in the basement of a record shop okay. where they didn't want to have like good equipment or good anything. It was just like this is as raw as we can make our music. And, like, there's all this other stuff behind it. But I love it, and it's one of those things where I find that most music I listen to, I can find somebody who's into it to a certain degree. I don't know that I know anyone who tolerates <laughs> this. Yeah. And it's, like, I don't, I think it's, I, I mean, I'm not saying, it's popular enough that it is a genre of music, and, like, they sell all kinds of stuff. Right. But I, it's, I think it's just one of those things that's so, it's such an acquired taste that, most people, once you hear it, they're just like, "Oh, no way!" And I think for that re- for that reason, I would probably include that. What Mayhem is probably my favorite, or like Dark Throne. And so it's just like shitty recording quality. It's and they're bad at their instruments. They're not bad. Like it's just there's Kinda no sloppy. Yeah, sloppy. They put no effort into like evening out. Like if something happened in the recording that's a weird glitch or something, they just leave it. I. It's awesome. I appreciate that. Yeah. Because then you get your most, like, authentic take, I think. Yeah. And you just cut through the bullshit. Yep. Of, like, trying to equalize all this. I mean, I kind of like that one song, right? I'm like, I don't know. I was just like, I just want the song to be the song. Yeah. And if it doesn't sound, like, perfect, whatever. It's the rawest, most, like, guttural type of music I've ever heard, to be honest with you. Huh. It's really, I'm not recommending that anyone listen to it. Most of it has, most of it is rooted in some form of, like, occultism or Satanism. Okay. So it's not really for everybody. No. <laughs> you don't have to believe that to enjoy the music, so. No. You know, it's just, it's, it, there's all these, like, if anyone's interested in this, go check out Until the Light Takes Us, which is a documentary that was made about this, how it started in Norway. There was a lot, like, two of the main f- people that started it in the late 80s, early 90s killed each other, or were involved in murders. <laughs> Whoa. Around it, too. So there's all... It's, like, the most interesting... That's a dark start. Yeah, it's, like, the most interesting history of any kind of music, I think. Well, I think that about covers it. Yeah. I mean, if you have any Guilty Pleasure bands or songs that you'd like to bring up, uh, definitely do check out our Twitter feed at Whiskey Sessions. Also, I mean, if you have suggestions for other top fives, uh, hit us there as well. We will definitely... Be taking suggestions. Uh, we could use some new ones. You'll hear them. We'll do them. Oh, yeah. And, uh, yeah, you can send them to our Twitter feed or, of course, at our Gmail account, which is whiskeysessionsmusic at gmail.com. And, yeah, let us know your top five. That does it for our top five and for our episode. Thank you for listening. And give us a good review on iTunes. And if you want to give us a bad review... Give it to a different podcast. <laughs> and then go back and read our spots. <laughs> yes. Stars. You know how that works. It'll be a good exercise for you. Yeah. All right. Until next time, this is the Whiskey Sessions. Amet's here. And BPIP signing off. We are doing the sign-off thing. And bye. So, signing. And bye. Bye.